podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, and we've lost Lee straight away. <laughs> um, welcome to the Rangers podcast, uh, Rangers Rabble podcast. I'm uh, Stu, your host tonight. I was also the uh, last minute host for the pre-match. Um, and I'm supposed to have Lee with me. I'm sure he'll join back in a minute, but uh, I'll introduce Alex first. Alex, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I mean, uh, a good result, so so feeling positive. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, we are, of course, sponsored by Zenith Coins. And uh, is that Lee there? Can I add him back in? You back, Lee? Yeah, so sponsored by Zenith Coins. Um, if you haven't checked out their stuff, guys, please go check them out. They're, they're really, really good. And as, as I said before, if you watched last night, you could um, you could see a, a sort of close-up that, that Brian showed us. Really, really nice stuff. Um, we're live on uh, Twitter and YouTube from what I can see, hopefully Facebook. Um, so like, subscribe, send all your um, your comments in because we, we do get more and I'll, I'll pull them up throughout the show. Um, and of course, as I always say, if you're on YouTube on your phone, don't forget to just um, chuck off the live chat just for two seconds, hit the like, get the live chat back up and you're good to go. So um, if we jump straight in, uh, uh, you know, Rangers 4, St. Johnston Neil. I'll start with you, Lee, because uh, I asked Alex just, just before the game, uh, what what were your uh, opinions on the, the lineup for Rangers today? Um, we bit disappointed in the fact we went with two set defensive mids. I feel we showed in Europe against a team, fair enough, that were quite limited, that we only needed one, and that was a game in Europe at home. So we come back to then the league and then see two set defensive mids starting. I was a wee bit kind of like, I don't think we need it. I can understand it maybe in the sense of we've got a big game against PSV, so we probably need to get minutes into the legs of like Jack because. He could be, you know, really important for games like that, but we will be under the cosh a bit more. But uh, in the end, it didn't really matter the result. I thought even with the two third defensive mids, probably our best attack performance of the season so far. So it worked out. But I, at the start, I was a wee bit iffy, but it worked out. So happy with that. Yeah, definitely. And and you know, Alex, we we spoke before the show, sort of similar similar things. Um, but but it looked like Geo sort of sort of got it spot on today, really. Yeah, the, I mean, the midfield really worked and, and as you'll see, many people, I mean, the RTV man of the match ends up going to Ryan Jack. I think the, the sponsors man of the match goes to Lundstrom. And so clearly they, they both had a massive impact and, and they both did play really well. So it seemed as if, um, you know, maybe Lawrence could have been, in, like I suggested, uh, from the start. But the balance, especially in the midfield, seemed, seemed to be really well. And then obviously he comes on later on and, and does his stuff. But... From the start, there wasn't really, uh, there wasn't like a, it didn't seem to be like somebody missing in midfield. Both Lundstrom and, and Jack found themselves on the edge of the box numerous amount of times. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll jump into the game because obviously we, that's what we're here for. Um, I thought we started quite quickly um, and straight away. I mean, three minutes in, uh, you know, Tav, Tav's played a little dink down to, to Scott Wright. He just about gets there before it goes off, pulls it across for, for Cholak, who, who seems to get in front of the defender. He goes down. Um, does he go down too easily, or, or do you think we had a we had a case for a penalty there? I wouldn't have said he went down too easy, but I wouldn't say it was a penalty either. I think it's one of those ones where his feet have been a bit too quick for the defender, but there's no enough in it to give a penalty. If it was the other way about, you'd be pretty annoyed if like that went against you. 
I think maybe for the fact it was so early on in the game as well, the referee showed a bit more leniency. He could have given it. He could have given it. But uh, no, for me, I don't think it was a penalty. I think it was good good footwork, but nah, not for me. And Alex, obviously, you know, so much scrutiny on the on the refs these days. Did he did he get that one right? Yeah, I think he got that one right. Um kind of the, the easy call to make. Um what wasn't like like Lee says there, I don't think he went down too easy or, or made the most of it or whatever, but it was it wasn't a penalty, so and, and there we go, Martin has has indeed been found alive and well. Um when you say well so, <laughs> yeah, he's been found alive. We we can we can pretty much confirm <laughs> that. Um so the game sort of goes on a bit. We're struggling to to break down the press early on. Uh, to, sorry, we're struggling to break down the low block a little bit early on. Um, so Johnson hadn't really offered much as as we expected. But around the 16 minute mark, Lee um, Murphy sorts of sort of gets away down the the left hand side, puts a deep cross in. It sort of misses Phillips, the the Trinidad guy that's come on. It's hit Borna, gone back to Phillips, and I mean, I mean, I thought it was a goal. What 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 were you thinking? I second it bounced off Borna. I thought the boy had nestled it in the bottom corner, mate. Um, just a wee bit of a lapse in concentration. I wouldn't even have said it was like kind of commentators were kind of pointing at Barisic in that sense, but I don't think there's really much you can do. Like he sees it last kind of second after Davis misses the ball. If you're going to pin anybody, you would say Davis was a bit more at fault. But it's one of those ones, mate. Like we're kind of arguing about it now because it didn't go in, but. I wouldn't have said it was much of his fault. It's just kind of went over the top of his head a wee bit. It's bounced off Borna. He's late to react to it and thankfully we got away with it. But I would have been a bit of a sore one because I'm pretty sure that was their only chance of the game. So, Yeah, I mean, Alex, is it a worry? I mean, you know, look, we want to stay positive and, and the game is going to get a lot more positive from here on out. But is it a bit of worry that every time a ball comes into our box at the moment, maybe uh, that's where the chances are coming from for other teams? Yeah, um, I mean that one especially should be uh, dealt with by Ben Davis. Um, in 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 my opinion, I think he has to deal with it. He doesn't deal with it, and then obviously it hits off Borna. Um, wrong position, wrong time, and and obviously, yeah. In all honesty, the fact that we've not gone one 0 down right there and then is is quite a shocker. It was a a big miss from him. So it is it it could be quite worrying if. Um, that pattern kind of continues, but we never really, obviously, we never saw it again in the game, and and we'll know in the next coming weeks, you know, as uh, the creases start to be ironed out. Yeah, and and, and from 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 then on, as I say, like we, we rarely, I thought, under pressure. Um, we we didn't create too much after that until about ten minutes later, 27, 28 minutes. Um, Tillman has as a lovely one-two with Jack on the edge of the box. He shoots over, but um, we just started seeing this. Just that technical side of Tillman, I thought around this time, Lee, it's just these little passes, intricate passes, and, and he's always on offer. He's always looking at the right ball. You know, what, what were you thinking at this time? He, he just, he was head and shoulders at that moment for me. Mate, like you're saying, I think he does look head and shoulders above the rest of the players in there. Um, one of the things that I noticed when we were bringing him in, people spoke about how good he was with these progressive passes. These all like these new statistics that everyone speaks about, these progressive passes are fantastic. If I'm traditional in that sense, but I don't really pay attention to that. It's just, can you assist the ball? Can you score a goal? You know, but you you could see it. You could see it more as he was playing. That like anytime he had the ball, he was looking to make stuff happen quickly. We've seen it, I think, in the few times we've seen him at Ibrox. Like he's really good that those kind of one-two balls, kind of getting the ball away quickly and moving. And I, I think, just I think he's brilliant for that. So 
think I think as more as go on, he's going to get a better understanding by the players as well, and that's only going to improve. So I'm looking forward to seeing how much he does the rest of the season. Yeah, and and, and Alex, I mean, not long after that, you know, we well yourself, yourself mentioned um, John Lundstrom when we talked about Jack and Lundstrom. You talked about Lundstrom getting forward, his ability from the edge of the box. Um, and and shortly after he gets a chance, I think he I think he links up with is it Jack? Um, but he gets another left shot, which is becoming a bit of a, a key thing for for Lindstrom is is left footed efforts, um, and and a good save from the keeper. Did did you feel that at this stage it's coming? Um, it was a lot more dominant at that point. Yeah, I think Rangers seemed to just kind of work into the game. I mean, the first fifteen minutes was was all Rangers up until that chance from St. Johnson, and and I mean we've seen it before where. It just takes one chance for us to become a little bit uneasy, but we got back in control and, and um, you know, just breaking it, breaking them down, found a, a little bit difficult and, and something we don't we don't do. We don't break that that last line. We don't um, we don't go for shots from the edge of the box, or or we don't often go from shots from the edge of the box. So it was good to have uh, somebody go for a crack, and and obviously it turns out to be. Um, well, the goalkeeper makes it look easy anyway to save, and and but yes, the the game from that point just had had a little bit more, um, maybe determination from Rangers to then go. Yeah, we I mean we can put a, a few past them today. And Lee, I think I think pretty much straight after that goal, I think the corner gets cleared. Um, it's played back out to Tav. He hangs a high ball. Um, actually, it's played out to right, I think, and then right sort of lays off to Tav. Tav plays a high ball to the back post and. You know the man we've been talking about all week for this for this amazing you know athleticism and, and jumping ability. He just he's up highest and, and sort of bullets a header into the the top corner. Um, just just a great goal. You surely I mean delighted that he's he's done it again. One of the things I like to say for that goal is give credit to Scott Wright because I feel Scott Wright's a player who we always like discuss. Good good like getting to the byline, but his end product can be bad or his decision making. And I feel in maybe previous games, he might have tried to take that to the byline and chip it in. But to get the ball back out to Tav quickly, who we all know is probably the best crosser at the club, to get it up to the back post, I thought like it was one of those games where a lot of stuff went right for us. Our decision-making was a lot better in a lot of like, times. And let me just say Matilman, like, who knew that boy could leap? Did anyone know he could do that before Like we signed him? So he was a silky centre attacking mid, mate. No freaking a salmon, honestly. The boy is... But it just again, like you can tell the intelligence of the boy just where times are run perfectly straight to the back post, and it's it's a bullet header, mate. It's a bullet header off the underside of the bar, which we all know goals that hit the underside of the bar and go in are a lot sweeter. So happy with it, mate. Very good goal for us. Well, Alex, I mean, Lee sort of stole what I was about to say. Um, you know, I think I think a lot of us have, you know, a lot of us looked at his, his previous games when he was um, in Germany or Bayern and, and wherever we could find sort of clips of him. Um, did you, did you have any ideas that he's got the sleep on him, this heading ability? Um, no, but I, I don't think... Well, I mean, obviously, the one midweek really really caught me a surprise, but uh, I, I don't think it should come as a surprise because he is like his, he is so athletic and you can kind of just see that as soon as he steps on the pitch. And and for a big lad, he's very agile and, and he's, you know, he moves about, he moves, he gets to the, the lines and his positional awareness is just brilliant. So the ball... You know, obviously he jumps up and and it's some header from him, but um he has to be in the right position and 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 that's twice he has been. I mean, he beat the keeper the first time and then uh, today he he goes and scores from one end to the other of the goal. He puts it right across and the, the keeper has no chance. So 
yeah, as Lee calls him a salmon, I'll go for the the American eagle. <laughs> um, I mean, we're going to come on to another point around this next point a bit later. Um, but thirty-seven minutes. Uh, Adam Montgomery for St Johnston. Uh, I believe he may be unknown from them. I'm not sure. Um, he overruns the ball, lunges into a tackle on Jack. Um, the ref's given a yellow, but what did you think? Is that, was that okay for a yellow for you there, or, or could he have seen his marching orders? Uh, could argue for both. Uh, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and the fact that it's one of the ones where he has overrun the ball and like he, he's no lunging in like, with malice. It's one of those ones where we've all done it ourselves at fives where poor touch and then you try to recover it. And you know, you just let lunch into the tackle. Um if there'd been more of an injury, if like it went down in a heap, then I mean we'd probably be screaming for it as a red card, plus also the fact that if he is one of them, you know, just give him a red card anyway, because why not? Because you don't want to see any of them in the pitch. But no, again with the referee, it's like I can understand his decision just to give the LL, but it could have easily been a red because it was a wee bit reckless. Yeah, and I, you know, I don't, I don't want to concentrate too much on on the referee's performance, Alex. But there, you know, just after this, I, I thought he was he was just starting to to make some odd decisions. I think um, you know Scott Wright went on a little run to the edge of the box, sort of knocked it to the side, and, and he was taken out, and it, that was no foul. Um, and then it was almost an identical one, just up the pitch is then given a foul. Um, you know, when you're seeing some of these decisions, obviously the yellow card's fifty fifty, but when when you're seeing some of these just baffling decisions you know is VAR going to be an upgrade is it even going to help when the same guys are, are behind the scenes um VAR has for me VAR has a look at the the Montgomery one and and probably decides to stick with the yellow just because it's not a clear and obvious error um but apart from that these these little decisions aren't really affected by by VAR um it's more the big decisions and see to be fair i mean in in games like today maybe those little decisions don't affect it too much but little decisions like that can can alter the the big games um because it only takes one moment and and you know for for whatever reason had st johnson say for example scored from that free kick um you know and, and we believe the decision to be wrong or you know a lack of consistency then it, it does have an impact, but it's not something in those terms anyway that, that VAR will really change. I mean, it's just it's going to change the the actual big decisions. Um, so I think it'll have an impact, but everybody or or certain people will expect it to have you know a larger impact and and the referees under more scrutiny. But yeah, like I say, it's it's only really going to be for for the big decisions and such as your red cards, your handballs, your penalties. Um, Whereas that little stuff like that is is, is going to stay the same because the the refereeing standard, um, it will stay the same. Yeah, and I'm just going to bring this point up quickly if I can find it. Uh, Kent Missnow is aware of Tuesday. We believe that the word from the club is um, there isn't an issue with him for Tuesday. Um, he should be back in. But in saying that, I mean, we discussed this on on the pre-show, Alex. Do you think it? You know, if there is no issue, Lee, I mean, should he have been in at least on the bench today to to get some minutes in the legs? Eh, yeah, I thought I would have had him on the bench because, like, I think before the game we were speaking about how was it going to be right on Matondo out on the right hand side, and we all kind of expected just Kent to be in purely for the fact that he's one of our best players and he does still need the minutes. Um, on the positive note of that, it's really refreshing to see that a game where we've not even got him in the squad, 
and we've got two strong performances from the wing, especially Matondo. I thought Matondo in the second half was absolutely fantastic. You could see him a wee bit, uh, not even struggling, but trying to make stuff happen in the first half. Just wasn't quite coming off, but I mean, second half, he was absolutely amazing. Um, so, like, it's not, it's, not, it's not a worry in terms of Kent, purely for the fact that we've found out from the club that he was just rested. Like, if he had been told it'd be a bit of a niggle, then you'd be a bit more worried. But if we have performances of the day from the wingers like we did, then we'd be in good hands anyway. Yeah, so, Alex, I mean, we start the second half, um, I think, a lot better than, than the, the, you know, we, well, sorry, not a lot better, but we, we kept that sort of, um, that press up, I think, a lot lot better in the second half. Um we, we move the ball back to front quickly, sort of, uh, Lindstrom gets a half chance, but around sort of 51 minutes, five minutes or so into the second half, uh, we start really seeing Matondo come into his own, gets the ball out on the left, cuts inside, leaves his man for dead and loops one that I don't even think the keeper thought was going anywhere near the goal before it absolutely crashes off the crossbar. Yeah, uh, well, some hit. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, Lundstrom's pass was, was surreal. It was, it was some ball and then Matondo takes the touch back inside uh, whereas I thought he might just run run direct and and obviously he takes the touch the the touch back inside and, and shoots it across the goal. I, I was almost watching it as to say you know it just felt like as soon as it left his boot it was it was going right into that top corner and obviously he gets a little bit unlucky with it hitting off the bar but it was some strike and I think you know as Lee says especially in the second half Matondo but especially from that point onwards uh, Matondo seemed to be a lot more livelier. Lee, do you think? You know, with Matondo, we, we you know we we know he can play. Maybe he's signed as a right winger, but he can he can play in that sort of inside forward role on the on the left hand side. And and today of his performance, is is the worry that maybe his best position is Brian Kent's position? Well, people say that he he is naturally a left wing, isn't he? Like we brought him in, he was meant to be like a left winger who we've just moved over. But I think the way that Gio likes to set up his squads, and like you can tell even just by the signings, is we like players who can play a variety of positions. Like I think that's what makes us fluid in that sense because you've got like Lawrence plays centre-attack mid, centre-mid. He's also a left-winger. Uh, Tillman, you've seen him be put out in the right wing, even if you know it's effective in midweek. But I think Gio likes to have players who can play multiple positions. And it might be that his best position is left-wing, but we've got an absolute stellar winger in Ryan Kent. And there's nothing wrong with Rankin's having a bad game to bring in Matondo, who can then have a stellar game. So, uh, it's one of those ones. It's a shame if it is his best position because you can't see two right him and Rankin on the left wing at the same time. But you know, uh, so it's, it's a good problem to have if you have players who can play there and play anywhere, and like they can still put in performances like that. So, good problem to have. I mean, uh, yeah, Alex, are, are you agreeing with that? Especially the fact now we've oh, here he is, the the boss man. Just a very quick update um, from the, the press conference, and then I'm going to go back because I'm not feeling too great. Um, Gio has confirmed that Ryan Kent's absolutely fine for Tuesday. It was a case of giving him a rest and getting on a players' minutes on the park. So Ryan Kent will be fine for Tuesday. Thank you very much, Martin. So there you go. Exclusive from our man on the scene, <laughs> Martin of the Rabble. Um, yeah, I, I mean, just on Lee's point there, is, is that also important now that you know we're, we're starting to see um a little bit more from scott wright as well and and just giving us yeah. more options yeah obviously scott wright seeing a little bit more from and then obviously the competition with matondo who can play both wings um quite fluently is good and it also means uh a day like today where 
you know, it, it could be a shaky start. It could be a, it could turn into a hard game just because it's the low block, etc. Um, we can go without Kent and and have Matondo on the wing. No, no Kent needed. No Kent involved. Um, and and have two, like Lee said earlier, two strong performances from our wingers. Um, and, and yeah, like it's just the the whole. I mean, having squad rotation is huge. The the depth that we have now is is something that we lacked before, and then we saw. And when we picked up injuries, I mean, for example, Morelos Roof uh, went out and, and we end up in the European final with Joe Rebo up top. Um, you know, if we lost Kent, then you'd realistically at that point have to change formation or, or Sakala was playing there. Um, and then on, on the right, we, we barely had Scott Wright um, because he didn't really play that much. And, and obviously we lost Yanis Hadji, who... Seemed to be Jill's favourite in, in that position, despite him being better in, in more of a 10 role as well. So it's good to have that that flexibility and, and the ability to keep people guessing rather than absolutely know that, that Ryan Kent is going to be starting, especially for games like today. Um, but again, it gives us a really strong front three for, for the big games. Yeah, and, and you know, just just taking a, a quick second because um, we we just started the second half, so I just wanted to, to remind everyone that's um, that's in the chat if you could just like, subscribe, hit that bell. You know, we're we're targeting getting our, our subscription base up, and um, everyone's been such a massive help for that. So we really appreciate it, guys. And if you, if you could just continue doing what you're doing, um, you know, we were absolutely just crazy crazy appreciative of, of everything you guys do for us. Um, so Lee. Uh, just inside the second half, uh, Lindstrom has a has a little run towards the edge of the box. Uh, Adam Montgomery again comes across, mm-hmm. sort of barges him over on his way to goal. Free kick given. I mean, second yellow, surely. See, for me, this was a second yellow. Um, how how close it is to the box, mate? Like, with an extra step, you know, on balance, Lindstrom's getting a, a good shot away there. Like, there's barely anybody in front of him. Uh, Space is kind of opened up, and it's just just lazy, lazy from from Montgomery in that sense. Where he knows he's got the better of him, so he just kind of like clips him and brings him down. That's cynical. That, for me, that's a cynical foul, and that should have been a second yellow. Like, if you're going to be lenient in the first half, where like a kind of reckless lunge, uh, giving him the yellow card in that sense, and you need to kind of be aware of the fact that this is a cynical foul. Um, I so for me, I, I'd have given him the second yellow, but I may be a wee bit biased, so. Alex, I mean, do you agree? Because, you know, it's, what, we're three games into the season here and, and if we go back a couple of weeks ago, you've you've had the exact same thing with uh, Kankar on, on Scott Wright, two bookable offences. You know, is, is this already a worry this early into the season with the standard of refereeing? Yeah, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as to say um, it's a worry. I mean, the standard of refereeing is a worry, but we all have, all 12 clubs have to put up with it. Um, what I would say is there is... That it was a red card. It was a second yellow for me. I, I don't think there's it. The fact that um, as Lee says, he Lundstrom gets the better of him, and and then he brings him down. He brings him down to stop Lundstrom getting that shot off. So that is, you know, it's a, a tactical foul, so to speak. Uh, and and there is intent in that. He has done it to foul him to stop him from getting the shot away. That that's a yellow card, ten times out of ten. So um, I don't know which time out of ten. The referee was seeing just now. <laughs> yeah, and um, I think you know f- from this we we you know G- uh, Borna Barisic goes close to the free kick, but we just start ticking over. I think at this point we're, we're starting to get into our our range. Um, Fifty-seven minutes, Tillman out on the right hand side, 
some some amazing feet into Scott Wright, who I thought did so so well lead to, to sort of just skip past it was almost four players in one he skips past puts it across looks like Kolak's going to score an absolute wonder volley um but a bit of an air swipe on onto his uh his arm but at this point is it are you just getting confident then that we're starting to get in behind a little bit and and creating those half chances and and you know this this second crucial goal that we keep talking about killing teams off is is on its way yeah the longer you went in at the second half like was it one no it's naturally feel a bit nervy, but with this game, I don't even really feel much of the nerves. You've seen straight feel like they kick off the second half from a turn the screw. And then, like you're saying, the players, I think, been on the pitch for that long and started to kind of understand each other a bit more. Uh, gel. Um, I'll be completely honest, when I put in the chat, this is the 10 minutes of the game that I kind of missed because my stream cut off. So I'm not really clued up on the actual shot. But say, before and after, like from what I've seen before, what I've seen after, you know, it was just kind of one-way traffic, mate, and then Alisson just got it on, setting his goal, that's goal and scored. So it was, it, was, it, was a matter, it was a matter of time. It was a matter of time before the second one. Yeah, and, um, well, as someone who, who I hope did still have a stream, uh, Alex, what, what did you think? It was, you know, it's, it, just like Lee saying, you know, is it these players now starting to get to know each other a lot better and, and these little link-ups are becoming a lot easier for him? Yeah, and, and something that, I mean, players always have confidence, but to have the team confidence is when you try stuff like that. Um, and, and obviously, Scott Wright does brilliant. And, and in all honesty, I think maybe Cholak tries to do it the difficult way because he could have maybe taken a touch and, and done something easy, but who wants to see something easy? So uh, oh, he goes for it and, and maybe makes it look harder than it is. But... Um, I can't really talk because this guy is a professional footballer and I'm, I'm sitting here on a podcast talking about him. So, um, no, nah, just seem to get, they, they seem to get into the stride of things. And, and I mean, we, we say this every single week, the team is, is looking better um, every single game. It's getting more of the, the, the idea, Gio's tactical familiar, um, familiarness with the team and, and the team's familiarness with his tactics is, uh, is starting to click and, and it's looking a lot better for us. Yeah, I'll just I'll just stay with you there because, um, as you say, with the, the Cholak maybe taking a touch, um, not long after Tillman's played, he's he's looked for that that through ball because of Matondo's pace, which is good to see us start trying to use that a lot more. Um, doesn't quite make him, but you know Matondo never gives up on the ball. Throws in a great slide challenge, pings to to Cholak's feet, who just takes one touch control and and bangs it in the back of the net. I mean, just just a great goal all around, Alex. Yeah, I mean. It did. It looked like Matondo um, kind of gave it up a little bit too easy, and and as we talked about before, uh, about him being lightweight or or looking lightweight in certain tackles, and he will lose fifty fifties. But his desire to go and win the ball back and and not you know be fearful or shrug of the shoulders and get back into position more or whatever, he saw the opportunity to go and do it, and he did it. And obviously, it falls brilliantly to Cholak who takes the first touch and and, and finishes superbly. I, I mean, the keeper had no chance, and and that's something that Cholak does is really well as he is a, a one-touch, two-touch striker. Uh, um, he's in the right position. And I mean, even the one against Kilmarnock last week, he takes one touch and then slots it brilliantly into the corner. He does the same again today and, and leaves the goalkeeper with no chance. So the the whole thing with, with Matondo is, like I said, the, the desire is absolutely there. And, and Cholak just seems to be an out-and-out finisher, um, which is something that we, we've not really had for, for quite a while. Yeah, Lee. I mean, with Cholak, let's just stay there. He's, um, you know, that's that's three goals already. You know, it should be four really with the the disallowed one he's had as well. Um, 
doesn't always show up, you know, all game. But but is he is he this sort of Chris Boyd esque style striker that you know you, you just give him that chance and, and he'll put it away? See, this is what I was thinking beforehand in terms of when was the last time we had like a pair of strikers who you could rely on? Like we've got Morelos on the bench, whereas past couple of seasons, if it was well, up front, you don't feel confident. I think I think that's kind of the perfect like description of him, like that kind of boy desk role where. He's not going to be somebody that like, sees himself all around the park, even though he is quite able doing that as well. I think he's a wee bit more agile than Boyd was. But uh, I, it's just I mean, it's so refreshing in that sense where we have a striker that we can rely on to then turn to Morelos. Like, in that sense, when he's coming back for injury, that would have never happened like years ago. Like During the 55 season, I feel we had that in terms of the like Defoe. Defoe was that kind of player who could pop up and just stick the ball in the net for like, these kind of... like. You know, half chances, and it was—I feel like it was a half chance because it's like a ball breaks down through Matondo's tackle, turns mm-hmm. and like uh, saying leaves the leaves the keeper with no chance. And it's those type of strikers that you're going to need in games against these teams because sometimes you might only get one chance like that because when you're sitting the two backs of five, you might only get one like break of the ball, and it's good to have a striker who can do that. So it's it's refreshing, mate. It's good to see that we've got that kind of balance now in the attack where we can change it if we need to. Yeah, and, and Alex, I'm just going to bring this one up super quick. Uh, Dale says, uh, can't see Yilmaz getting in ahead of Borna. I mean, personally, I thought Borna had an absolute cracking game today. Um, and, and we've talked about him being a, a confidence player. Um, you know, he was he was decent enough against USG as well, I thought. Is this, you know, has Borna needed this? Has he needed this challenge from from someone like Yilmaz to, to push him on? Yeah, I mean, it will be it will be a real eye opener for um for him. Sorry, I, I think even when we had obviously Bassi last season, it just pushed Borna further out. Um, once we went into deals back five, especially in Europe, and there was always going to be opportunities because, especially with the lack of centre backs we had, and the, it just comes back to lack of squad depth. Having Yilmaz there, um, you know, for the price, you, you're thinking we're bringing in a really a really good left back that is going to be first choice. But Borna is still there and and now has to go and fight for his space, and the the perfect time to go and prove himself uh, it is just now whilst Yilmaz is still settling. And then, then, like you say, once once Yomaz is settled and, and fully fit, fully ready, it's Borna's position to lose if he keeps putting in performances like he did today. So it, it's it's good. It's the best way to have it is to have two very solid full backs, very solid left backs who who are going to be competing for that spot because hopefully all it means is they push each other on more. Yeah, Neil, I mean, is it is it is it good to see that just because Yilmaz has come in with a big price tag that we haven't just gone, do you know what, this guy's got to play because we've spent this much money on him when instead Bourne has stepped forward and said, you know, take the shirt off me. I love it. Like you're saying, spot on. It's good in that idea because we see the price tag and you easily jump to the conclusions where this boy should be staying at the starting lineup. But we fans can kind of forget that whole idea of coming from a different culture, coming from a different side. This boy, you know, like you're saying, completely different kind of atmosphere for him. And to be able to rely on like Bonner, who now has stepped it up so that he's not getting rushed in. It's the same way that we've said like all through the squad, like now where players are stepping up where the big players used to, to give them a break. Because like we're saying today, Kent could have been a worry that he didn't start, but Matondo comes in and has a stellar game. They would have missed Morelos in the previous seasons. Kolak had again a fantastic game. And Bonner's fitted into that as well. Bonner stepped up to the challenge, and it could it could just may well be mate that it's the first time that he feels that he is really threatened because the boy has come in with a big kind of like 
expectation. We signed him for what four million. Uh, it's a big outlay in our game, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's, it's only a good thing that you know that he doesn't have to feel rushed into this because when Yilmaz started against Kilmarnock, you could see he was a bit shaky. You're like, and that's understandable. It's his first game. Like, I'd, I'd be absolutely petrified me playing at Ibrox my first game. Well, they half, when they half as good as him. So the fact that he can be shaky, but then Bonner comes back in and has, I thought, Bonner was brilliant today, like you were saying. Just, it makes it so much easier to implement him into the squad somewhere down the line. Yeah, definitely. And, and I mean, I'm just looking at this edit as sort of notes I've, I've made around the game. I think around this time in the game, um, we were just sort of camped in there half, Alex. Not much is happening. Um, I think they've gone into damage limitation mode. Um, over the next sort of 10 minutes, we've we've brought, we've brought made the five subs over sort of 10, 11 minutes of Arfield, Lawrence, Morelos, Kamara and King. It was, it was very good to see him come on. Um, and then sort of not long after the, the second su- set of substitutions, um, Jack wins the ball. Uh, and, then, and then exactly what I've been hoping we receive is we win the ball high up and the first thing we're doing is, is feeding in Matondo, whose pace just absolutely rips the defence apart. I thought maybe he was going to pass to Morelos and he'd taken an extra touch that he didn't need to, but he kept his composure to, to just slot in uh, Arfield instead. And, 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 you know, Arfield does what he does from the bench and, and puts in the back of the net. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's something that we, we can't underestimate is um, how good Arfield can be. I mean, he, he gets a goal and assist today and, and he had the goal against Livingston. So... In three sub appearances in the league, he's he's you know he's got three goal contributions. Um, it's very very convincing and and it, it's good to have. I mean, I, I was one of those people who wouldn't have preferred that that extra year deal that he got, but I mean he's he's going to be somebody who's in and around the team, somebody who's going to be getting contributions and not having to play ninety every single week, but then also helping players, you know, such as. Um, Lundstrom, such as you know, your likes of Lawrence, your likes of um, your likes of Tillman, t- who can come off the pitch then and and have a rest, and especially when we're playing two two games a week, um, and hopefully with the high standard of Champions League football, players are going to need a rest, especially against teams such as St Johnston, who um. I mean, as we say, Adam Montgomery should have got sent off today for a couple of shocking tackles or a shocking tackle and then a push as well. There there will be intent from these guys because they know if they go out and, and hurt you, then you can't do too much um, about it. So it's it's good to have players like Arfield and, and obviously Matondo does really well for that goal. Arfield's positioning is brilliant. And um, yeah, the fact that, that we fed Matondo, the fact that his pace, I mean, I, I thought he did really well to take it round the goalkeeper and then um, not just see tunnel vision and, and have a shot because it was a really tight angle. He takes the second touch to compose himself and, and, and find Arfield well, who slots at home. And, you know, I mean, not that the game wasn't over before that, but puts it all beyond all doubt. Yeah, and, and Lee, I mean, just highlighting the, the importance of being able to bring on so much quality, especially with a new five sub rule. Mm-hmm. So the key for me with these ones is like, for me, Arfield is a sub. Like, I don't think he's as effective when he starts games these days. But that's where we're at now with the squad. Where we talk about the squad depth, where Arfield is the perfect player to come on sixty minutes, where there's a defence already tiring, and his runs are absolutely crucial. We saw that today. Like, pops up in the box with a goal, the assist for Lawrence. Look at other players. Bring, bring Stephen Davis into the equation like he's the kind of guy who controls the midfield once you need the midfield controlled maybe in a second half 
And I think that's where the biggest difference is this year is we were all craving that kind of refresh of the squad. And we've got it to a level now where it's a refresh where you know the subs that you have are going to be effective. You're not looking to the bench and thinking, who can we bring on here? We all scream for our field to be an impact sub because we know that's what he kind of is now. And time and time again, he does it. Uh, and having the five sub rule feels like a bit of a cheat code for us, mate, now with the, the squad that we've got. Uh, because you have all those kind of options, like you're saying, probably we'll be back in the starting lineup soon enough. But imagine you're a defender and you're looking to the bench and seeing Morelos come off at 70 minutes. You're thinking, like, well, what, what am I meant to do here? I've just been ran ragged by his apparent understudy. Uh, it's. I'm. Um, I wasn't sure how I was feeling about the season beforehand because you're thinking there is a lot of things to bed in, but I think Gio is now maybe one or two away, maybe one from having the perfect balanced squad. Yeah, and, and I mean, Alex, just 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 going off the back of, of Lee's point there with with the subs and, and how much of an impact they can have. I mean, literally two three minutes later, we we we've put this ball in behind that Tav's got to. He just has to sort of go away from goal. Um, sort of a short ball. I think the defender gets maybe a touch on it, but Arfield sort of the wherewithal to, to get to it quickly and drill it across goal. And I mean, it's a great first time finish, but again, Arfield substitute, brilliant performance. And then to another substitute, Tom Lawrence, who, you know, I'm sure everyone wanted to start, but still showing that he can come off the bench and make an impact. Yeah, and a, a good one to uh, one-time finish as well. But the 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 build up again, it, there, there's a lot of times where that can turn sloppy, or especially being three 0 up a game, it can be a bit complacent. Arfield could have gone for goal himself because you know sometimes that happens at that scoreline at, at that time in the game. So for his composure to then let him, you know, go and find Lawrence, who, as I say, doesn't even really have time to to look up with, with the ball coming in at that pace, and and he finishes it, he tucks it away brilliantly with. With just one touch is is really good news for us, um, and it keeps that that one of our less, especially in depth positions last season after losing Yanis Hadji was our our attacking midfielder role, and obviously Joe Rebo having to play a little bit further forward with the the lack of strikers, it meant that we we didn't really have anybody there. So now having Malik Tillman, having Tom Lawrence, having an impact of our field. You know, Alex Lowry is going to be in in contention with that this squad very soon, and and obviously Yanis Hadji will eventually be adding to that. Um, it it looks now like one of our strongest positions. Yeah, def- <laughs> Martin's just bringing up. Uh, I just about to select a different one, and, and he's bringing up that one for you, Alex. So <laughs> there you go. I can just see him chuckling <laughs> away in the background as well. Um, so uh, I wanted to bring up this one, Lee. Um, about times we put teams to bed. Um, is that? I mean, that's such a massive thing. We, you know, we moaned about it last season so much. And um, is that, how relieving is that for you to just not have to worry about the rest of the game? That one nil that we start getting a bit edgy in our play. Instead, we just attack, 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 two nil attack, three nil attack, and we just go out and kill it. So, efficiency we saw during the 55 season for me, um, those were the kind of games where you always kind of knew the second, third goals were coming. Um, we were all kind of screaming for it at the command again the other week where we thought we were a bit kind of slow. But that, based on that today, that was just more of a try to still get up to speed. Because I still don't think we're at top speed yet, mate, with this team. I think there's still a lot more gears to come from them. Um, I That was reminiscent for me today of like a performance during that season where we just knew how to kill a game off. Like Because we'll have kind of PSV in the back of our minds for Tuesday. And everyone's wanting the games to be killed off, get some players on, get minutes. And it's not as easy as that when you're at home against teams who just want to defend. Uh, 
So it's a promising sign because we've now got the players, like we are saying, in those attacking midfield positions who can kill these games off. Like You've got all the different variety where there's going to be teams where worrying women else is going to pop up, if Loris is going to have a long shot, you know, just all that. And I feel that tire team is out mentally to the point where we now can be more ruthless in front of goal because they're, you know, they don't really focus. They don't really actually focus on the players. Yeah, and Alex, does it does it just change the dynamic a little bit? Just bringing on different players. You know, Morelos is not the same striker as Cholak. Um, you know, Lawrence offers something different. Arfield offers something different with his late runs. Is it is it just having that that dynamism to to change the game up and and even at two 0 you know, still look for different routes to go? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's it's that whole refresh and and something that you have if you have two players of the same ability um, is if it's working. And and only if it's working, you and you bring somebody else on that's the exact same. They're probably going to be able to read them more than if it's working, and then you bring somebody completely different on, and they've tried all game to figure out what the first person do is doing, what Cholak's doing, and then you bring Morelos on, who's a crazy madman and doesn't, you know, there's no way they can predict what he's going to do. Anyways, it's it, they're going to be two steps further behind than than they would be if you're playing the exact same way, and and then going the other way is if we were playing and weren't breaking them down, we now have an option to go and break teams down, to go and, and change it up and uh, allow a different strategy, such as the target man that is that is Cholak, the, the one-touch finisher who doesn't need a lot, such as Lawrence, who can provide long shots, goals from range. You know, um, Malik Tillman is, is a very skillful player, very dynamic, athletic, you know, good in the air. We have loads of different threats now. It's, it's not um, one-dimensional. Yeah, and, and, you know, we're just finishing up on the game. And, again, I was just going to touch on this refereeing thing purely because I actually want to know the rule for this. Um, we, we said to St Johnston, you know, they, they didn't really offer anything apart from that one chance in the first half. But sort of in the 90th minute, they're like the, probably the only time they, they come near our box in the second half league, Nick Walsh sort of tackles Phillips, I think, on the edge of the box for St Johnston. And somehow he doesn't give anything and, and we actually break up the park. I mean, what... What should we understand that? Because I, I thought if the ref interferes in any ways, it's supposed to be a drop ball. I think the ref's just that point, mate. It's like the game's over. Let's just continue the game and get the ref <laughs> the whistle blown as quickly as they can. I think he's trying to show a wee bit of leniency to just Johnston and just let them finish the game. Eh, I know it was a wee bit of a strange one because, I mean, if any ref interferes, that should be, what is it, a drop ball at least to the yes, team that he's interfered with. Yeah. Oh, mate, I can only really probably see it as how late it was in the game and he's thought there's absolutely nothing really to do with it. Or maybe he's just thinking that he's not been controversial enough from when he carried out, he'd be a wee bit busy tonight. So maybe that's what he's just thinking, he's going to give something to him to actually claim a conspiracy against. But I, it was a weird one. It was a weird one. He probably should have gave the drop ball, but probably just in the mindset, mate, it's too late. It's too late in the game to care. Yeah, it's fair enough. So, 4-0 win, Alex. Um, you know, I think it's hard to say who's a standout. I think everyone's a standout at, at that point. But um, I just wanted to get your opinion on some of the, the newer lads. Uh, ben Davies, for example. What what did you make of Davies? I thought he was all right. I thought he was um, consistent. I th- obviously, he has the scare in the first half that leads to their, their chance when he misses the header. But apart from that, he looked uh, assured. It's hard to judge him on that because he wasn't really challenged. Um but it could give him a little bit of momentum and a, a little bit of confidence going into the game on Tuesday. So hopefully, hopefully, 
I just see him laughing that. away in the background, like. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. That's Martin <laughs> absolutely dying in the background over that comment as well. Look. Um, what, what about you? Like, I mean, you know, for me, he looked quite calm and composed on the ball, which which is what we're going to need from a centre back anyway, and especially the advantage of him being left footed. I can compose me like like Alex is saying. There's, there's going to be harder challenges for him. Uh, it's going to be quite hard to you know, judge his defensive capabilities in a game where he barely had to defend. Um, but I, from from what we've seen, he looked composed. It's good to kind of just see him get minutes in the legs. Um, we're, we're crying out for kind of that natural left-footed centre back to come into the squad to complement Goldson. Even though I believe that Sands has been brilliant in that position, so it's again one of those good headaches they have. Um, I, I don't really got much to say on his performance, just purely for the fact of how dominant we were. I can't believe I this has become a conversation in the comments. This is ridiculous. I'm not part of it, though. I'm not part no, of it. No, you can't be, mate. Not with that, not with that beast, eh? That's the problem. Clear, mate. Absolute clear. Um, <laughs> so we're just about at the end, I think. Um, I think between us, Alex, we, we got the, the result and goal score. I think you had 3 0 Tillman, didn't you? And, and I yeah, had 4 0 Tav. So. If you mix ours together today, guys, you would have you would have had some good odds. Uh, who was who was man of the match for you, Alex? JD's uh, comment there is throwing me off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ravi Matondo was was man of the match for me. Yeah. What about you, Lee? Same. Um, if I've been boring, I'd probably say so for his second half performance alone. But I'll I'll switch up and I'll say Lundstrom, mate. I thought just again just controls the middle of the park, and I think if you do that, then you're on your winner. So I'll go with uh, Lawrence. I'll go with Yeah, I mean that's fair enough, and and be interesting to see everyone else's if if people can tear themselves away from the uh, the poor facial hair comments. But uh, <laughs> we could we could get some uh, man of the match prediction predictions, man of the match opinions in in the comments. Um, but yeah, so apart from that, guys, I think that will do us four um, 0 great performance, um, and then on to Tuesday PSV. Alex, what, what what's your? I mean, obviously we're gonna have a pod on it, but what's your initial thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this, the t- today and the last couple of results, obviously a massive result against USG, um, a, a decent result against Kilmarnock, and then a, a big result again today with a much better performance as well. It's building a lot of momentum um, for what's coming, and and a huge game against PSV. We're obviously not used to um, being home in the first leg. I mean, the last time it happened was was Red Star Belgrade, and we put three past them, which gave us a lot of leeway for the second leg. And if we go and do that against P- PSV, then um, we'll be looking at a very good place. And you, Lee, you you're confident going ahead to uh, to Ibrox on Tuesday? I, mean, I, th- I think the way we've played in Europe recently at home, I'd be confident against anybody. Um, I'm aware of the step up in quality. I think it probably will be a high scoring tie overall. Um, from watching maybe our kind of d- defence capabilities in terms of crossing, like balls over the top, we maybe struggle a wee bit. But for anything I've seen in PSV, I think they're the exact same. I watched their games against uh, Monaco and they were getting done by the long ball quite a lot. So it's one of those ones where. I think it will be about with the attacks, mate. I think three one, three one was at Ibrox. I'm confident, and then just probably survive over there. Hopefully. Um. So yeah, just you know, it's a lot of momentum as well for us to take into Tuesday. Um. 
and let's say hopefully we're going to get the right result as you know as always we'll have the uh the pre and post match pods to to go with it and i'm sure martin is gonna gonna get us on a monday phone in so everyone can get their opinions on then uh, unfortunately we only had um only one call i think on on friday guys so you got up your game a little bit and sort of absolutely hammer those phone lines to to keep martin keep martin busy especially after all his little what he thinks is jokes today um but that's uh that's going to be it from us so i'll just uh, say bye to alex thanks for us cheers and bye to lee pleasure having you thank you and to everyone else if you could just keep liking subscribe notification bell comments because they all help especially afterwards if you're going to watch it back um, leave some comments because Martin spends all his time going through every single comment and replying to him. It's pretty much his life, so he'll absolutely love that. Uh, cheers, guys. Uh, we'll, we'll catch you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.